Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Today we start in a new series through the second half of the Gospel of Mark entitled, Come Die With Me. In our previous series through the first half of Mark was entitled, Who is this guy, Jesus? And it ended with Peter declaring in Mark chapter 8 and verse uh, uh, 29 that Jesus is the Messiah, literally meaning the anointed one. Peter was declaring that Jesus is the Son of God, God's chosen and appointed King who would bring God's kingdom, would bring God's salvation to the world and turn this upside-down world the right way up. In other words, Peter is declaring that Jesus is God's chosen Savior. And soon as Peter has declared this, Jesus warns him not to tell anyone. Jesus asks, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. And Jesus responds, don't you tell anyone. Isn't that a bit odd? You see, although they had come to the realization that Jesus is the Messiah, they had a complete misconception about what that meant. So Jesus says, don't tell anyone. And then we read in Mark chapter 8 and verse 31. He then began to teach them. Now that they have realized that He is the Messiah... They are ready to be taught. It's only now that Jesus is able to explain to them what being Messiah is really all about. And we told in verse 31 that he spoke plainly about this. Up until this point, Jesus always spoke in parables and riddles or he asked questions. But now there's no time for parables and questions. This is so important that he teaches to them plainly. And we read in verse 31. And then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and three days later rise again. This is the first of three times that Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. And this is the turning point in the whole gospel. Now that they've realized that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is now focused on going to Jerusalem to die. From this point until chapter 11, is all about Jesus traveling to Jerusalem to die. And from chapter 11 to chapter 16, is all about Jesus' last week in Jerusalem. And a key word in verse 31 is the word must. The Son of Man must suffer. He must be killed. Now Jesus is not being pessimistic over here. He's not suddenly having a crisis of confidence. He's not like, oh no, they all think I'm the Messiah. I just don't know if I can do it. I just don't know if I can live up to everyone's expectations. I'm probably going to fail. They're probably going to kill me like all the other wannabe messiahs. No. Nor is he just warning the disciples of potential danger. Guys, it's, 
It's going to be risky. You need to be prepared for the worst. No. He is declaring that this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the will of God. This is ultimately why He has come. This is His destiny. This is the destiny of the Messiah. The Messiah will be rejected by the Jewish religious leaders. The Messiah will suffer and die. And then the Messiah will rise again. Why must He die? This is the way that Jesus is going to defeat all evil, suffering, and death in the world. It's through His rejection, through His suffering, through His death, that Jesus will defeat evil and death itself. You see, you don't destroy and defeat evil with more evil and violence. You destroy evil with love. Expressed through service, suffering, and death. But the poor disciples, they simply cannot compute this. They have no concept of a Messiah suffering. They have no idea or concept of any Messiah suffering and dying. No concept of the Messiah being rejected, especially by the religious leaders. No, 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 Jesus. Let's explain to you what Messiah really does. Messiah goes to Jerusalem and the religious leaders bow down. Messiah kicks out Herod and the Romans with a sword. Messiah sits on his throne in glory and defeats all evil, establishes his kingdom and restores the world to the way it's supposed to be. That's what Messiah does. Messiah doesn't get crucified. Only false messiahs get crucified. The Romans only crucify fake wannabe messiahs. If Messiah dies, that means he fails. That means he's not really the Messiah. Messiah doesn't fail. He succeeds. He doesn't lose. He wins. He doesn't get crucified. He conquers and reigns. That's what we signed up for. And Peter and the disciples think Jesus has lost the plot. And so we read in, in verse 32, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Don't you just love that? Peter taking Jesus aside and giving him a good telling off. At least he does the honorable thing. He doesn't rebuke him in public, but in privately. He believes he needs to set Jesus straight. And so he rebukes him. And we read in verse 33. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he knew all the disciples were in agreement with Peter. He rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. That's a harsh rebuke. But it needed to be. For this was a very real temptation for Jesus. Peter was tempting Jesus to take the easy option. Surely there's an easier way. I've seen you walk on water. I've seen you calm storms. I've seen you drive out a whole legion of demons. Surely there's an easier way. You don't have to die. You can use your power to defeat evil. 
And Jesus must have been really tempted to take the easy option. To use his power rather than die. And this isn't the first time that Jesus has been tempted to take the easy option. Remember right at the outset of his ministry, Satan tempts him in the wilderness to take the easy option rather than following the will of God. And so Jesus rebukes Peter because Peter, even though unknowingly and with the best intentions, is actually aligning himself with the strategy of Satan. And he's aligning himself with the strategy of human thinking. Jesus continues and says, You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter, like all humans, wants glory without suffering. God wants us to experience glory through suffering. And often, when we decide to obey the will of God, to do the right thing, even though it's costly, many of our friends, even our Christian friends, will rebuke us. And they will try to persuade us to look for the easy option, the less costly option. That's why we need to be reading the Bible and praying and being sensitive to the voice of God. Because we need to be more concerned about following the voice of God than the voice of other people. Because so often other people, unknowingly, with the best intentions, will be aligning themselves with the strategy of Satan. They'll have human concerns rather than being concerned about what God thinks. And I think often in my life, I've probably acted like Peter. I've probably encouraged other people to look for the easy option. And that's why when we give people advice, we always need to make sure that we have the concerns of God in mind, and not human concerns. In verse 34 we read, And then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross, and follow me. This is what it means to be a Christian. And it's open to everyone. Although Jesus has been speaking privately with his disciples, the crowd are not far behind. And Jesus turns to the crowd and addresses the crowd because it's the same condition for everyone. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to, one, deny yourself. Two, take up your cross. Three, follow Jesus. So often, we spiritualize the concept of taking up your cross. People, uh, you'll have an irritating aunt Or an irritating co-worker and you'll say, oh, that's the cross I bear. Or your car keeps breaking down and giving you endless headaches and you say, oh, that's the cross I bear. That's not a cross. That's not what Jesus is talking about. The cross is a form of execution. And it was a very real cross for the early disciples. Jesus is about to go to Jerusalem To die. And he says to his disciples, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and come. And when you get there, you can tell the Romans, don't bother about making a cross for me. Look, I brought my own. I'm here to die. 
It'll be the same as if Jesus was to say to us today, you want to come follow me, pick up your own lethal injection and come die with me. And it was a very, very real cross. And for the first readers of this gospel, it was a very, very real cross. The first readers of this gospel were most likely Christians living in Rome during the time when Nero was the emperor. Nero was ruthlessly killing the Christians. The Christians had a very real choice. Renounce your faith in Jesus or be thrown to the lions. And Jesus is saying to these Christians, I never offered you an easy life. I never said, come follow me and I'll give you happiness, health, wealth and prosperity. I said, pick up your cross and come die with me. And they voluntarily picked up their cross and followed. It was a way of saying, I am prepared to die for you. Are you prepared to pick up your cross? linked very closely to the concept of picking up your cross is the concept of denying yourself. Now, denying yourself within this context isn't referring to foregoing certain things and activities, giving up certain things and activities. Maybe for Lent, you you give up certain things and activities, or for a fast, you would give up something, or for some other good reason, you give up something. That's all very good. But it's not what Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus is talking about over here is dying to self. Considering yourself dead. It's no longer me. It's no longer I who live. It's Jesus who lives through me. Practically speaking, it's surrendering your will, your desires, and your goals so that you can follow Jesus and obey the will of God. It is crucifying your desires For a greater cause. It's saying, I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for Jesus. And it's only when we are prepared to die for Jesus. And we are prepared to die to self. That we can truly follow Jesus. And it's not just a one-off decision. It starts with a one-off decision, but it's followed by a daily decision every day of choosing to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Are you prepared to come and die with Jesus? Now this seems like an extremely harsh condition. And it is extreme. But I believe that Jesus is calling his disciples and he's calling us to this extreme form of discipleship because he loves us and he wants to save us from ourselves. In verse 35 we read, For whoever wants to save their life, that means to live for yourself, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel, that's dying to self, will save it. 
Okay, so what Jesus is saying, if you want to live for yourself, if you want to follow all your own desires and dreams and goals and ambitions, if you want to pursue your own wealth, happiness and prosperity, if you want to climb up the the career ladder, one day you'll eventually realize that you're actually dead. That deep down, there's an emptiness in your life and your soul is dead. Whereas... If you deny yourself and follow Jesus, although from a human perspective it seems like you're losing yourself, you'll actually find yourself and you'll experience a far more meaningful and deeper life. Jesus doesn't offer us an easy life, far from it. But he does promise us a more meaningful life. And when we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus, that's when we'll begin to really feel alive. Jesus asked two rhetorical questions in verse 36 and 37. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Many people are are living for themselves. They are pursuing all their dreams and goals and ambitions. They are rapidly climbing up the career ladder. They are winning many sports events. They've got loads of trophies. They are powerful, popular, prosperous. The whole world is theirs. Yet their soul is dead. They have a, a, a superficial existence, a superficial happiness. Deep down, they are dead. And so often, by the time they realize this, it's too late. They've already wasted their life. They can't go back in time and redo things. All their money, all their possessions can't buy that that true happiness and peace. Can't buy life. And Jesus wants to save us from that situation. He wants to save us from ourselves, And so he calls us to this extreme discipleship of denying self, taking up your cross, and following him. Because that's how you will find a true meaningful life. What good is it to gain the whole world but lose your soul? And Jesus wants us to experience eternal life. Not just a a meaningful life now, but eternal life. All the money in the world and all the possessions in the world can't buy eternal life. You can't take your money, your possessions, your plaudits, your trophies or anything else with you. The only way to experience eternal life is to identify with Jesus. Jesus, through his suffering, his death, and his resurrection, has conquered death. And when we identify with Jesus by denying self, taking up our cross, and following him, then we not only experience a more meaningful life, but eternal life. I believe Jesus is calling all of us here today to make a decision. Are you prepared to follow Jesus? Are you prepared to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Him? 
He's not offering you an easy life. He's not offering you health, wealth and prosperity. Far from it. He is inviting you to come die with Him. But in so doing, you'll experience true life. Eternal life. So are you prepared to go and die with Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you never call us to do anything that you yourself are not prepared to do or have not done. That you loved us so much that you became one of us. You loved us so much you were prepared to be rejected for us, suffer for us, die for us. So that we could experience life, true life. And Father, we confess that so often we get so caught up in the world and the things of the world and our own desires and pleasures, we start seeking after wealth and prosperity and power and career, sport and before we know it, we, we discover our soul is dead. Jesus, we thank you that you came to save us from ourself. You came to save us so that we could experience the real life, true life, meaningful life. We realize it's not an easy life. We realize it's a hard life. But it's a meaningful one. Heavenly Father, won't you by your Holy Spirit minister to us now, empower us and enable us to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross and follow you. 